And right behind it was this big brown house. And it was, like, round. And it had, like, it was, like, the adobe thing. I don't know what you call the wood posts that they have sticking out of it, making, like, an awning over the window. Right. And the windows were just big round circles, but everything was just dark, dark brown. And then the windows were just, like, black holes. Like, it didn't even look like they had glass in them. And so we would go to the Dairy Queen, and we'd get our ice cream, and we would just sit in the car and eat it. And we would be parked facing that house, and I would just stare at that house <laughs> eating my blizzard or whatever all that place is so weird like there's it something so unnatural happening in that house yeah, so i hope it's still there <laughs> hey guys welcome back to wayward fans a supernatural podcast i'm shannon i'm liana my lips are so soft right now <laughs> um Today, we're going to be talking about You Can't Handle the Truth and Family Matters, the sixth and seventh episode of the sixth season. Yes. I could not have said that very fast, so I had to, like, <laughs> pace myself through Good that. Good job. Good job. Um, I do want to give a shout out. We got a really awesome tweet from a gal named Freya. I hope I'm saying that <clears> right. Yes. F-R-E-Y-A. I'm pretty sure you are. Yeah. It was one um, of the witches in that show I was telling you about. Oh, okay. Her name is Freya. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. I'm glad you're here to get the references. <laughs> um, but she says that she really enjoys the podcast, but that she feels like we have too many spoilers, which I think right. is a totally valid complaint and yeah. um, something we need to work on. So I want to thank you for like the feedback. We've been wanting some from you guys. So Right, because we're not going to know. And honestly, Leanna and I didn't really think anybody who was listening to us hadn't already seen the show <laughs> or like the whole show right you know um but with freya with her tweet she has actually seen the entire series but she's re-watching it with her boyfriend who hasn't seen any and i guess he's getting upset with our spoilers which i would too because yeah. they're pretty big yeah so well, and the show's a little crazy we so. are not going to do that anymore yes and um, if we catch one now that during, we know right <laughs> there's no people I'm gonna, watching um, listening i'm gonna be listening during editing so if we can ink one out we ink them out but we are definitely keeping that in check. So thank you very yeah. much. And I'm glad that you and your boyfriend are enjoying the podcast. Yes. I think that's awesome. And then we also got another really um, great review on iTunes from Leilani Lynn. I love that name. Leilani. I don't Leilani's know. a pretty name. It is. Very pretty. And I love the review because it just says, holy crap, I love this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and she says that we make her laugh every single time and to keep the podcast coming. Yay. So that made me smile so much. That was yes. such a great. Those are always again, the so. feel good Mormon fuzzies. Yes. Though we, not that Freya's was bad by any means. It's really good to get feedback because if we're doing something you don't like, we're never going to know unless you tell unless us. Unless you tell us, right. Yeah. And see, that was an easy fix. No more spoilers. Right. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we're we are going to try. Okay. What does the part say? I can't promise to try. But I'll try to try. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so You Can't Handle the Truth was directed by Jane Elisaberg. I think. Ellisberg. Probably Ellisberg. It's E-L-I-A-S-B-E-R-G. Eliasberg? Eliasberg. We'll go with Eliasberg. That's an interesting last name. (laughs) Eliasberg. I Um, like it. So this had like a team of writers. Um, really? Well, okay, so the teleplay was Eric Charmello, Nicole Snyder. The story was David Reed, and then Eric and Nicole. Oh, all right. So, 
So three separate people worked on this one. Well, I like this one. It's a good episode. This one is good. So we open to a waitress at a restaurant who's talking on the phone. It sounds like she's talking about whether or not she should call a guy or why he's not calling her. Um, Some type of thing going on there. Um, And she's very unsure of herself. She doesn't know what to do. She's asking for help from a friend. Um, Her boss tells her she needs to get off the phone because she's supposed to be working. Mm -hmm. So before she hangs up, she says to her friend that she's talking to that she just needs the truth about the guy and then hangs up the phone. So she goes back to the kitchen to pick up an order. Doesn't it like zoom in on our lips when she says that? I just Does want it? the truth because I, I think, think that's right. kind of like the maybe. I did not notice the theme of the episode. Well, yeah, it is. Yeah, but I don't know if the zoom in on the lips is part of I, it. I know it happens later, but I couldn't okay. remember if it happened to everybody who's. That's definitely yeah. a possibility. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to know if you caught it or not. I didn't. Um, so she goes back to the kitchen and she's picking up an order and the cook leans down and tells her through the window that he pities her. And, and she's like, what? And he says that she's sad and pathetic and he pities her. And so he's letting her know that he put his own quote seasonings in the clam chowder, which is disgusting. So gross. (laughs) That is just, wow. So gross. Um, she comes out of the kitchen carrying the order and the manager stops her and tells her that the new girl is a lot hotter than she is and then a customer who she's passing by after she checks on her to see if she's doing okay a customer's like i'm fine then she says uh i once ran over a homeless man and didn't stop to check if he was okay she (laughs) says that she's like what and she walks by another table and a little girl tells her that she hates her mom and wants to burn her in her sleep um uh one of the guys tells her that the tells the waitress that she gives him the creeps and makes him nauseous another person calls her mousy another person calls her desperate That guy um, was a dick. Yeah. You make me physically ill. Yeah. Like, sick to my stomach. And I was like, holy shit, dude. Like, so far this has been bad, but I think that's pretty... Like, right, like, <laughs> come on. Um, so she's kind of freaking out at that point, which I would be too. And so she calls her friend. I think I think it's her sister. We find it's out her later. Sister, yeah. But we don't know that at that point. But she calls her. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry <laughs> to... Um, Come pick her up because she's kind of freaking out and she thinks that she's going crazy. And her friend says that every time she calls her, her stomach drops because it's Jane with another crisis and that she's a disaster and she should just kill herself. Oh, my God. And then Jane pulls out a gun because she carries a gun. No, she goes and gets it under the register. Is that what she does? Okay, I'm like trying to (laughs) look at that. That would be funny. That would be funny. (laughs) Uh, But she goes and gets a gun out of the register and shoots herself in the head. Can you imagine? And then we go to the the title card. Yeah. After saying all that shit to her, you know what I mean? Like, what the hell kind of, like, series of events is that for you to just be unable to control anything you're saying, and then the person who you're saying it all to just walks over and shoots herself in the head? Yeah. Wow. That's going to take years of therapy. Yep. A lot of people got messed up that day. Yes. Yes, they did. (laughs) So, Dean's on the phone with Bobby. Dean is certain that something is up with Sam and knows that he threw him to the vamp. Bobby reminds Dean that um, they tested Sam and, you know, he can't be certain that there's anything wrong. Dean is adamant that something is wrong, that Sam is not his brother. Bobby thinks it could possibly be something that they've never seen before. And Dean's like, yeah, maybe it could be Lucifer. Bobby wants to call Cass. Dean have, has already been trying, but no answer. 
Bobby wants facts before they make any moves. He doesn't want to just rely on what Dean saw. He wants him to get actual concrete facts. Bobby's on board with Dean, and he will do research, hit the books, and he wants Dean to look for facts about Sam being different in the meantime. Sam just says, or Dean says he doesn't feel comfortable around Sam, doesn't even want to be in the same room with him. Bobby tells him to suck it up and to treat Sam as his new case, basically. Right. I really like that conversation because you the whole thing, Dean is like totally frazzled and Bobby's like, yeah, so (laughs) I don't know what you want me to do. And Dean's like talking about how he's like totally creeped out by him and he doesn't want to be in the same room as him and it's not his brother. And Bobby finally is like, just don't shoot him yet. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then the other part that I noticed is because of course I saw Misha's name in the credits all right and then they're like dean's like i've been calling Cass, and he hasn't been answering i'm like he's gonna (laughs) he's got you covered this episode dean so um so dean and sam whoa i said it backwards that was weird sam and dean go to check out the rash of suicides they talk to jane's sister and uh she tells Sam, that Jane was having a very bad day, and she did what any good sister would do and tried to tear her up. Sam noticed that she tucked her hair behind her ear right before saying that and calls her out on her tell. Oh, man. Sorry, we skipped one of my favorite lines because she answers the door and they come in and she's like, since when does the Fed care about suicides? Right. And Sam says, uh, it's a new, more caring administration. Right. <laughs> And Sam looks, like, super creepy when he's calling her out on her tell. I know. Oh he's just, like, God. staring into her soul. Right. Just, like, oh. boring his eyes at her. I know. And I was like, Sam, Sam just, you are like, making look me away for a second. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you're not being normal like, right now. Blink. Like, just yes. blink. <laughs> <laughs> Blinking would be a good start. But, yeah, he's just staring at her. I, I put, Sam is staring very intently at her. Dean looks a bit concerned at Sam. He does, but at the same time, he, like, kind of wants to hear what she's going to say, you know? So he's giving Sam the look, but then he, like, turns and he gives her the look also. What do you have to say? Well, I like it because, like, when Sam's staring down at her, because Sam is standing up and Dean is standing behind her in the doorway, and she's sitting down at this table. So Sam is in front of her looking down at her, um, which has got to be intimidating in itself because Sam, you know, is very tall and gorgeous. Um, But... So he's staring down at her, and she's looking up at him, and he calls her out under the tell, but he does it kind of, like, you know, very blunt and kind of rude, and the yeah. way he's looking at her, you're just kind of like, this is very making aggressive. Right. So I like how Dean, like, looks up at him, like, what the fuck, dude? And then when she's like, okay, he looks down at her like, oh, oh all right. All right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess this worked kinda out. worked out, right. So um, the sister admits that she did something. She tells them that she wanted to help her sister, wanted to tell her to hang in there, but all that came out was, you're a burden, just kill yourself. Um, and we can tell, Dean, like, does the, he knows something's up look. Like, that's a weird thing to yeah, happen. Yeah, that's right. not normal. Um, and then, so they're leaving, and Sam wants to know if Dean saw anything as they're leaving. Dean tells him no hex bag, sulfur, or EMF readings. Sam found a tuba in an issue of Crochet Today. Maybe she was already suicidal and the sister just pushed her over the edge. <laughs> God, Sam. <laughs> That's really mean. 
They want to find out what made the sister say those things. Then it cuts to a scene with a guy in a, ten- a dentist chair. So I have a question for you. You might be able to answer this. Why does everybody hate going to the dentist? I think um, the majority of it is people don't take care of the teeth, their teeth the way that they're supposed to. So maybe it hurts more okay. and they're getting, you know, cavities. That makes sense. Because uh, literally, if you flossed every day and brushed your teeth twice a day, You'd be fine. You would not have gingivitis. <laughs> your gums would not bleed. You, you could still get cavities because sometimes right. it's a genetic thing. Right. Like you're just. That's what teeth do. Yeah. You're get, your enamel is going to wear more than, you know, yours is going to wear more than mine. And my gums are going to be, you know, worse off than yours just because of genetics. Right. But you can really push that back by flossing once every 24 hours. Which is just so weird to me. And then brushing. Yeah, well, flossing um, is more going to keep back the gum decay right. or the gum disease. Yeah, don't go into a big description. The brushing will help the decay. <laughs> but more people lose their teeth to the gum disease, so I know, floss. I know, I know, but like, we don't need, like, the whole lecture. But I that's probably that... why people hate it, because it's <coughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> I just know a lot of people who are, like, actually, like, scared of the dentist. Like, my yeah. mom is so scared of the dentist that he actually prescribes her Valium. And she has to take Valium before she goes. Because otherwise she will, like, he'll, like, be trying to, like, just clean her teeth. And she will be, like, pulling his hands, like, out of her mouth. Like, you can't, like, do that and, like, trying to get up and, like, leave (laughs) and shit. He's just, like, you know, just, like, well, because she doesn't even go for cleaning. Like, she only goes when she is having so much pain that she can't, like, get up. My mom's an amazing woman. (laughs) She went every six months for cleanings. It'd probably be a little bit better. She's never going to do that. (laughs) Oh, I know. (laughs) She hates the dentist. She hates it. Like, it's like an actual, like, phobia I think there's a lot of people who have a fear, a legit fear of the dentist, which makes it worse because the less you go and take care of your teeth, the worse it is when you do. The more work you're going to need, which is going to make your visit worse than if you just went for a cleaning every six months. Absolutely. I totally get that. I just feel, I have that thing with teeth, you know. Yeah. What is it with the mouth that just weirds us all out so much? Anyways, sorry. I don't know. It doesn't weird me out. That's probably why I work at a dentist office. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not pleasant, pleasant. but, you know, I'm not going to shy away from right. my job. Yeah, I get it. Anyway, um, sorry. Which is you funny because I actually have a note in here about this dentist based on, you know, real life all right (laughs) anyway so we see a guy in a dentist chair and um the dentist is about to give him a shot and we can see that the guy is telling him that he's not comfortable with this he's not ready for this and we can just assume it's the normal dental fear right um but and then i had this little note (laughs) because i thought it was i was like oh this is something i'm a professional at (laughs) anyway so the way the guy is like giving the shot oh jesus First of all, that's not the kind of, like, needle you would ever use in a dental office because they have to use the aspirating syringes for capsules for the anesthetic. Okay, but anyways. <laughs> most dentists don't just come directly in front of you where you can see it. They like to, you know, have you turn your head and then come from the side because right. there's such a huge fear well, of dental anybody work. would be, yeah. So I just thought that was kind of funny. He's just like, <laughs> it's okay. It's just normal dental work as he's, like... Pushing this needle directly in front of the guy's face down into the mouth. I'm that like, makes me think a little shop of horrors. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love that whole scene with the dentist oh, and the and the masochist. So oh good. My god, it is so, so funny. Good. God, that movie. Do you know they're remaking that this year? Yeah, I saw that. We'll see. <laughs> That's gonna be the third remake. Did you know that? 
I was reading of Little Shop of Horrors. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I knew that. I was reading an article to Frank out loud the other day of like twelve or fifteen remakes they're doing this year. Oh Jesus! I didn't know they were remaking Jumanji. They are. Yeah, I didn't even like with the, first the Rock. One. The Rock. Yeah. It looks like they're doing it different, though, where the people are not getting sucked into the game. They're being turned into the, like, characters of the game. Have you ever played, have you ever read Jumanji? No. It's a short story. Yeah. It's a very short story. (laughs) It's not a movie. (laughs) They do that a lot with short stories. Yeah. It's like when they made a movie out of Where the Wild Things Are. Oh, that's not a movie. <laughs> that's a short story. For kids, <laughs> right, even. Exactly. That's Jumanji. Like a really short story. <laughs> right. Like the Shawshank Redemption was a short. But that's a more complex story. So right. it's easier to make an entire movie. It was movie a child's book. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. We are getting way off topic yeah. here. Okay. So anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. So the guy in the dentist chair starts talking about how his wife is aging and her sagging skin is disgusting him. And just saying all these uh, horrible things about his wife. And the dentist is like, what the fuck? <laughs> what? And then... Then he goes on to say that he's been looking at his daughter, Melissa, and she was over at his house for sleepover with his daughter. And he just couldn't help himself and he knew he wouldn't get caught. So he went ahead and did it. Assuming he's I talking guess, about the dentist's daughter, like these right. two guys are friends, and so the dentist's daughter was having a sleepover at his right. house, and apparently the dude like totally boned the dentist's daughter. Yeah, he just had his sex with like a daughter. Six, I'm assuming, I'm assuming sixteen, seventeen, based yeah. on their age. Yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah, so I was like, what? Like, are you fucking kidding me? So that was pretty shocking. Uh huh. And then. So the guy is telling the dentist this while the dentist has a drill in his hand. Yeah. And when the guy tells him that he basically fucked his young daughter. Teenage daughter. He shoves the drill into the guy. like The friend that he, you know, fucked his daughter. Right. That's shocking. But then this guy, his reaction, which, I mean, yeah, he's going to be pissed, but are you really going to shove a drill into another guy's throat? Seems like he overreacted a little bit. Yeah, or just, I'm surprised. I mean, I could see some... Like, if you're a violent type person, that might be what you would do if you were in that position. <laughs> I just, it was surprising. <laughs> I, was I was just like, surprised. whoa. <laughs> yeah. This is why people are afraid of the dentist. <laughs> Shut up. Um, so, then we cut back to Dean, who's on the phone with Bobby again. Dean wants to know if Bobby has found anything. He has not. Dean's skin is crawling being in the same room as Sam. Bobby tells him there could be a worst case scenario. And Dean's like, what, that he's Lucifer? And he's like, well, another worst case case scenario scenario (laughs) is that maybe it's just Sam. And I'm like, I really hope not, Bobby. Come on, man. Don't say that, Bobby. (laughs) Don't say that. Dean tells Bobby he has a day and then he's handling it. Okay. So I get where Dean's coming from completely. Dean's in a really fucked up position right now. I don't think giving Bobby a deadline is a good idea. They're all way too stubborn for that kind of a thing. Right. Like, don't give me an ultimatum. Right. Because then I'm just going to tell you to fuck, fuck yourself. Off. <laughs> exactly. Well, that, don't give Bobby, like, a deadline. If you haven't solved this in 24 hours, I am killing him. Like, right. Dean, <laughs> okay. that's a little extreme. Like, don't you want to wait and see, like... I mean, this is Sam, you yeah. know? <laughs> like, maybe... I mean, I guess maybe it's not, but... Don't you want to wait and see... 
Don't right. just kill him because nobody can tell you. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm with you, but I don't know. Maybe it's just, it's that unnerving, you know, for I, him. I get that. You know, and, and I, I can, I feel like I could put myself in his position pretty easily because I'm also very close with my sister's. You know what I mean? And so... Have they been possessed by Lucifer before? No. But I think if they were making my skin crawl and, like, seriously, like, legitimately creeping me out, probably... Like a pod person my, kind of thing, and you're like... Right. Like, my reaction would be, I think, a little extreme, you know? Yeah. But I just have to question whether or not I would just be like, well, if we haven't solved this in a day, I'm killing her, you know? I think maybe if you were a hunter, it would lead to that, because that's, that's what true. you know. That's true. But because you're not... It would be more of like, I'm going to go bluntly talk to my sister because that's what I do. Right. Well, not that that's any different from your normal. Right. But I guess to me, it's more just like if you're not able to figure out what it is. Like, and like Bobby says, what if it is just your sister? I think it's just like the situation, the situational around circumstances around their that's true like they, how sam they're hunters up there. right all they know is killing people sam went to hell <laughs> bobby is their research guy and yeah. if bobby can't figure it out Nobody he's probably can. not going to right so if he's not going to figure it out i might as well deal with it <laughs> you know and dealing with it to dean is putting a bullet in its face it. yeah right that's true so but i still think it's a little rash i think so like true. let's <laughs> come on we don't know what's going on. So Dean calls Lisa. Dean hangs up. Sam shows up to tell Dean that a dentist drilled a guy to death. And Dean says, you mean the non-sexy kind of drilling, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sam wants to go talk to the dentist. Dean tells him to go ahead and he'll catch up. He wants to do research. Sam seems a little put off. Like, really? And he asks if Dean is sure. Dean says he is, and he wants to know what they're up against. Sam's like, yeah, okay. And he leaves, and after Sam is done talking to the dental assistant, he calls Dean. Anything from Marathon Man? What is that reference to? So it's a movie, okay. which I got to hear a lot about right after I became a dental assistant. Because there's a very famous scene in there where the dentist is torturing uh, Dustin Hoffman's character oh, for information. Okay. And the only thing that the dentist says, he comes into the room, like two guys come in, Dustin Hoffman's tied up to a chair already. They come in and they set up the, the room for the dentist. The dentist comes and opens his briefcase and lays out his tools. He goes to wash his hands. He comes over. The only thing the dentist is saying this whole time is, is it safe? Oh, that's what, safe? that's a reference to you. Okay. Yes. Okay. There we go. So you can go look up, is it safe on YouTube and you'll see that whole scene and it's really creepy and I kept getting, is it safe? Is it safe? Messages when I became a dental assistant. And I was like, God damn okay. it. <laughs> See, because I hear that a lot too, the whole is it safe thing. And I'm like, I have no idea what yeah, that's. It's from that movie, okay. from that scene. Okay. And See? it's so popular that it's clipped on YouTube. Right. Just that one scene. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Well, check that's it out. good to know. Thank you, Shannon. Mm-hmm. That like killed two birds with one stone yeah. right there. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is a reference. I don't even have to look up. <laughs> I know what this is. <laughs> Did you notice the dentist was a huge Kenny G fan? <laughs> <laughs> he had like two Kenny G posters. <laughs> right. Oh, man. So Sam tells him that the dentist hanged himself, but he got the scoop from the assistant. The patient confessed some really bad things and would have made Sam kill him too, based on what he heard. 
So Dean and Sam agree that there is some kind of curse at work where people are compelled to tell you the truth and then you die. I was so excited. I thought it was a cursed object. Me too. Cursed objects are the greatest. They need to do more of them. They really should. So Sam is going to go to the morgue to check the body and he wants Dean to go check the dental office to see what he can find. Dean agrees and he gets up and as he's closing the laptop, we can see that he was researching doppelgangers. Really? I didn't even catch that. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Because I was like, what was Dean researching? So I like paused it when he got up. Right. But I didn't need to because they kind of stayed on it for like a good second. Yeah, that seems, that makes sense. Um. I, I don't look at the TV a lot when I'm typing. I know. I, that's it why I have to constantly crazy. go. And I'm like, what did I miss? Did I miss something? I will spend like two and a half hours watching one episode because I keep hitting the 30 seconds back button mm-hmm. in Netflix to see what yep. I missed while I look down to type. Like, it's ridiculous. So <clears throat> Dean gets to the dental office and there's still blood like all over the chair and the spit bowl and everything. It's just they haven't cleaned up yet. <laughs> um. Dean finds a Harry House of Horns ticket on the doctor's desk. And we have a flashback of him checking Jane's, like, bulletin board calendar area in her room. And she had the same, uh, she had a sticker of Harry's House of Horns. Horns. Yeah. And also on her calendar, there was, like, a Harry's House of Horns, like, written. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, so Dean goes to talk to the owner. Do you know who plays the shop owner? No. I forgot to look it up. He looks so familiar. Um, but Dean goes to talk to him and, uh, the owner's like, what does this have to do with me? And he's like, well, you're right now. You're my only connection. But the owner doesn't have any useful information on the victim. So Dean's about to leave, but the owner wants to know about his stolen horn since it's one in a billion. Dean wants to know, remind me again why it's It's one one in a billion. (laughs) And he says, the owner tells him it's a museum piece about a thousand years old. It was swiped about two weeks ago, the same day that Jane died. So we see Dean researching again, and he pulls up Gabriel's horn of truth. Dean calls for Cass, saying that there is a possible angelic weapon. His department, Cass appears. I do want to note that this is when we start seeing Dean drink a lot. That's what I noticed. Yeah, he was drinking he a lot. He was drinking pretty heavily during that scene. Yes. To which I put, oh, look, it's Cass. And then he can't really expect Dean to just be understanding about how he's being ignored. Because <laughs> <laughs> Dean's pretty pissed and Cass is like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I've been on red alert about Sam and you come for a, some stupid horn? Right. You asked yeah. me to be here and I came. I've... I've been asking you to be here for days, you dick. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, I'm going to have to be with Dean on this one, Kaz. And did you see Kaz pour him more alcohol? Yes. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I was, Kaz is like, this will Oh, here, let's just shut him up. <laughs> like, everybody's being so weird. Why are you guys all acting so weird? Kaz has not come for Sam because he has nothing on Sam. He does know it's not Lucifer. They'd feel it if Lucifer escaped the cage. Cass is sorry he does not know what's going on with Sam. Dane wants to know what's happened to Cass. He used to be more human-like. Cass says he's at war and certain regrettable things are now required of him. And I wrote, poor Cass. Yeah. That sucks. That does. Dean doesn't really seem to know how to respond. So he continues with what he does know, which is the case. 
It was, and to me, that's what it looked like to me because he kind of looked yeah. at him like, oh shit. Like, I don't really have anything to say. And to then that, he was right? like, well. So, this one. Anyway, <laughs> right I guess I can see what you're saying, Cass. Um, he asked Cass if he's seen it. Um, or no, Cass asked Dean if he's seen it. Dean starts to tell him that they think it's the, they think it's in town forcing people, he trails off and looks like he's about to cry because then the shot changes from behind him and Cass is just gone. Gone. Yeah. And Dean says, oh, well, you're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) Then Cass comes back, tells (laughs) Dean it's not the horn of truth. This is an exchange that I wrote down (laughs) Just, so did I. It's so the great. the truth. What are you talking about? You were gone for like two seconds. Where did you look? Everywhere. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Dean tells Cass thanks anyway and turns his back. Cass says his name and we see that Dean is still clearly agitated. Cass says he doesn't know what's wrong with Sam, but he does want to help and he'll make inquiries. Dean turns to an empty room again and says thanks. You'd think Cass would pick up on that one at least to not just flit off right. without at least saying bye. I know. Like, give the dude a hug or something. I mean, he's having a pretty rough time. I mean, I understand you're in a civil war, Cass. That's really shitty, but like, it doesn't kill you to hug people. No. You big dumb angel. God. <laughs> All right. So then we see Sam at the morgue and he's checking on the doctor. He tells the Emmy that he wants to see all of the suicides. The Emmy tells Sam that they are all gone. Gone, gone? Then we see Dean at a bar, and he is drinking more and watching a reporter, Ashley Frank, playing above him in the TV behind the bar. Then Sam calls Dean to tell him that all of the bodies are gone. Sam says he found out about Patient Zero, a girl who died a week before Jane, reported car accident. He thinks she might be an answer to how the whole curse got started. He's at her apartment now, corner of Burnham and 159th. Dean says he'll be there in 10. Dean tells the bartender that he will have another, because she'd asked him before Sam called, and he said he couldn't. He was working. He's working. Yeah. And she's like, I thought you were working. And he says, I'm I'm working working up up to to it. it. (laughs) And I wrote, Ashley Frank's cleavage is on display, because, like, this shot is kind of, like, behind Dean, pointed at the bar, and we see the bartender talking to him. And we see the TV above them, but we don't see. It's like her like chin, her chin up chin. is cut off. Oh, and we just see Adam her Frank. boobs. So it's just like this big cutout of her boobs on the Ashley TV. Frank is the news reporter, you guys. <laughs> I was just like, dang. I didn't know they went so low on TV as, you know, Maybe anchors just in Supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> so the bartender gives Dean a shot on her. And wants to know if there's anything else she can get him. Then we get a super close-up of Dean's lips. And I was like, this is fine. I'm okay with this. (laughs) And she says, or he says, he would just like the freaking truth. Cue curse sound effect. (laughs) (laughs) There's a curse sound effect? That's what I'm calling it. Because it does that, like, you know, the, like, it's not really music. It's just like kind of a note of music. Right. But I, do, I don't know which one you're talking about. I'd have to watch if it. If you saw it again or next time you he- it happens, you'll be like, oh, uh, that's, that's what, what I was talking about. <laughs> um, but instead, he'll settle for another. And the bartender says, sometimes I think I can't get pregnant because God knows my marriage is a sham. Why did I say that? I mean, I've been snorting Oxy all day. 
Why did I say that? What is snorting oxy? Oxy cotton? Yeah. Is that what she's talking about? Yeah. I just wasn't. I didn't know people snorted it. It was pretty big back then. And people were getting like dead. I know people were getting dead. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this was the time when it was. I remember it was early 2000s. No, that sounds about right. Dean says, I'm pretty sure I know. He gets up to leave. A woman in a tight purple dress is looking right at him. <laughs> Boobs totally on display. She says, I'm sitting like this so you'll look at my b- breasts. I just bought them. I need a lot of attention. And Dean's like, Dean good says, luck with that. With that. <laughs> but and the then look he, he gives her. Well, because he starts to walk away and then he like takes two steps back. And looks at her boobs. Gives her like a nice appreciation. Appreci- oh, there. Appreciated. I looked at your boobs. Yeah. Like he's doing her something favor or something. And then he like something. nods at her. <laughs> right. And she giggles. Yes. So he made that girl's day. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Dean calls Bobby and asks him if there is anything Bobby is itching to tell him. Bobby tells him everything. Bobby starts telling him everything he's doing. Dean stops him at Tori and Dean. Because he tells him that he's watching Tori and Dean. And Dean's like, what? Right. <laughs> and I wrote this down because this is my this favorite. This is hilarious. Bobby says, Tori Spelling. I'm a huge fan. Girl's a real talent. Oh, I, Dean says, oh, I guess it does work over the phone. <laughs> Bobby, you know what else? I got a pedic- I get a pedicure once in a while. This nice Vietnamese joint. Dean's, okay, uh, okay, please stop, Bobby. This one gal, Noon, what is her name? Noon Fuang. Her names mean her name means Velvet Phoenix, tiny thing, but the grip on her. She starts on my toes, and I feel like I'm gonna. Dean's like, whoa, whoa, okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna be scarred for life. Bobby has a foot fetish. Yeah, Bobby tells him that he's never told anybody that, um, and he wants to know why he's telling Dean. Maybe because he's his favorite. <laughs> I like how Dean like right. nods his head oh, off. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Bobby continues to say, but Sam is a better hunter. Lately, anyway. And Dean looks more annoyed. <laughs> Bobby wants to know why he's telling Dean all this. Dean tells him that he's cursed. Bobby wants to know why that when there is a mess to clean up, he always gets dirty. I think that's the way it works, Bobby. Dean, t- Dean says this may have been the best thing to happen to him. Bobby wants to know what fool thing he's about to do. Dean just tells him he's got to go. But before Dean can hang up, Bobby starts to ask if he knew how his first girlfriend was. Uh, nope, nope, <laughs> nope. Dean just hangs up, shaking his head. Mm-mm. Oh my god, I love that. Bobby. <laughs> Dean calls Sam, leaves a message asking him to call him back. He has a few things he wants to ask him. So there is a girl talking, to, or that Sam is talking to. Uh, I'm assuming the roommate of the girl who died in the car accident. Um, Did we already girl... miss the phone call for Dean? Because after that, doesn't Lisa call him? Not yet. Not yet? Okay. No. Okay. Um, so the girl wants to know why Sam is investigating the car accident. And Sam tells her that Corey, who they think is patient zero, Corey actually committed suicide. It was not an accident. So her roommate had an idea that might have been the case. She tells Sam that Corey was having a really bad time and also thought her boyfriend was cheating on her. She became obsessed with telling the truth. So Sam goes to check her room. That's when Lisa calls Dean. Okay. Dean doesn't want to talk right now, but Lisa does because he shoved her kid. So yeah. So now would be a pretty good time. I think so. She says, you want to know the truth? He says, probably not. <laughs> 
You've got so much buried in there and you push it down and you push it down. Do you honestly think that you could go through life like that and not freak out? Just what, a drink and a, a drink, a half a fifth a night and you're good? Dean tells her that she knew what she signed up for. And she says, yeah, but I didn't expect Santa to come back and I'm glad he's okay. I am. But the minute he walked through that door, I knew it was over. You two have the most unhealthy, tangled up, crazy thing I've ever seen. And as long as, he's, as, long as he is in your life, you're never going to be happy. That came out so much harsher than I meant. Dean tells her it's not her fault. I'm not saying don't be close to Sam. I'm just saying I'm close to my sister. But if she got killed, I wouldn't bring her back from the dead. He says, okay, Liz, I'm not going to lie. Me and Sam, we've got issues, no doubt. But you and Ben, and she tells him, me and Ben can't be in this with you. I'm sorry. And hangs up. Dean looks like he's about to cry. That was just awful. Yeah. I think that's the first time, one of the first times, we really hear someone say just how completely fucked up Dean is. Well, Sam and Dean's relationship oh, well, is. Well, I don't know. It doesn't Crowley say it a bunch? Yeah, but that's not. <laughs> They're not going to take it seriously. Right. I mean, Crowley says a lot. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really, um, I take everything Crowley says with a great assault. He, right. would, he would say a lot of that shit to anybody. You know, that's it's not true. like Winchester specific. So. Right. But, I mean, I think to hear it coming from Lisa, which is one of those things... There's someone he actually cares about. Yeah. Well, that, and even me, like, myself, I've always been like, God, this is just such a weird brother thing that they have going. Right. Like, this is just... It's pretty intense for brothers, you right. know? <laughs> so, yeah, I was kind of like, okay. Someone else sees it. Someone someone said it out loud to Yeah. Him. Yeah. So, so then we go back to the house, right? Right. Then we go back to see Sam checking Corey's room. So... This is just me being a total nerd because this is just one of my favorite ways of editing that they do in this scene when he's like going through the shit in her room is when they like, um, when you do cuts before you really see people finishing like the last thing they were doing. So like he opens one of the drawers and starts digging around in it and then it cuts and that drawer is already closed and he's already opened the next drawer. Right. You know, and he's digging around through that and then it cuts and that drawer is already closed and he's already like gone through the closet. I don't know why. I just love <laughs> when they edit like that. I just think it looks so cool. Like, it just adds kind of, like, a weird kind of feel to right. the situation. Just this, like, yeah. a weird jumpy kind of timeline. Exactly. It's I love it. It's still linear. I love yeah. it. It's cool. Um, so he does find some witchy-looking stuff in a box under the bed um, with a cat skull in it, which, by the way, Corey's roommate had just told us, or told Sam, that the cat had run away. That one of the things that had happened that was bad was her cat had disappeared. Right. And apparently she fucking sacrificed her cat. So <laughs> that's pretty fucked up. Yeah. That poor cat. Not okay. It's just a little cat. <laughs> I know. God. <laughs> so Sam shows Dean. Um, but Dean tells him it can wait. He's got some questions and he's going to get the truth. Sam's like, wait. You're cursed? And Dean's like, yeah. And then it looks like Sam gets immediately, like, nervous. Yes, I would too. Dean tells him he's asked for the truth and he's going to get it. And I love the way that Sam looks nervous. Like, bravo on Jared. Because it's like he's still being composed, but it's just like these little face ticks that are happening. Right. That you can see, like, he's not comfortable right now. Yeah. Like, it's not like, you're right, it's not completely obvious, but you can see it that he's like, this isn't going to go well. And I was like, great job, Jared. Yeah. So, Dean asks about the vamp attack, wants to know if, uh, you know. Wants to know why Sam just let let him get turned. Right. And Sam takes a minute to answer, but then he finally does, and he tells him it was because he froze. 
And when he says that, when those words come out of his mouth, it looks like Sam is relieved, like almost shocked that he was able to say that. You know, you see the weirdest shit, man, because I was watching this and I was like, holy shit, like that was the most perfect lie I have ever seen. Like I, I saw no tell at all. Well, because I was like, okay, this is where we find out what happened. Because right, right. he has to tell the truth. Because I'm yeah. like, there has to be fucking something going on right well, now. Well, yeah. So when I was like very closely watching him, and then it right. made it even easier to watch it the second time because I was focusing all my energy like just on Sam's face, nothing right. else. But just, and I have, like I said, I have to give so many props to Jared because it's very subtle. Right. So like the face ticks right before the question happens with the nervousness. And then right when he says, you know, it's because I froze. He does this like head shake, like, holy shit. Like, I can't believe I was able to lie because he didn't think he was going to be able to. I think we interpret things differently is what it is. Yeah. That's how I saw it. No, I know. But I'm just saying that I think that's what it is, is that when you see these gestures, you're seeing right tells which is not what i'm seeing yeah i just thought that was really cool yeah the way he did that right on the way they played it anyway yeah um all i know is that sam creeped me out through that whole scene because he was like very very blatantly lying and was doing a very good and the way he was looking at dean yeah you know like oh god yeah it was creepy so he basically so he tells dean that he he just froze and he felt terrible about it and Dean doesn't really believe that Sam froze up front. He's like, you've just been like the Terminator lately. And right. he froze. And Sam, Sam sticks with it. And he just says that he felt really terrible, terrible about it. So they have like their little awkward moment of silence. And then Dean finally apologizes for asking. Saying he's really sorry. He's just had a really, really, really bad day. Sam says it's okay. And that he has Dean's back. And he always has. And, oh, I have a little side note. I do not know what it is about this scene or what, but Dean looks particularly handsome with this whole dialogue. <laughs> Messy hair, wet eyes, five o'clock shadow, and rugged as fuck. I don't know what it was. I think it was, like, the messy oh hair God. that did it, though. All I right. was like, he looks really okay. good right now. <laughs> so back at the hotel room, Sam's researching the contents of the box. We have cat skull, grains of paradise seed, devil's shoestring. And if you mix them well, you get a summoning spell. Dean asks for a demon, and Sam tells him God. Veritas, goddess of truth. Anyone in town who asks out loud for the truth invokes Veritas. And she doesn't just give it to you, she slams you with it until you kill herself, and she gets her tribute. Dean says, so all that tribute vanishing from the morgue, what do you think, uh... Silent Green's situation. To which Sam says, God's got to eat too. <laughs> yeah. Which is a 19... Soylent Green is a, a 1973 sci-fi film. And it's about people... It's about famine on the planet. And right. Soylent Green shows up, which is this magical food that everybody can live off of. And you find out And then we find out people. that Soylent Green is people. Yeah. It's... It's Charlton Heston. It's yeah, yeah. Pretty good, pretty good movie. Um. So Sam points out that they need to take her out, or Dean is on the menu. Dogs are her natural enemy. She was very hands-on back in the day, coming down the mountain and speaking the truth to the masses. She wanted more than tribute. She wanted to be worshipped. Dean points out an attention whore. Dean knows what the fir- the twenty-first century's version of speaking the truth to the masses is. 
to Ashley Frank's poster outside of the studio. The news reporter. Frank Talk. I was like, wow, Dean. I never would have thought that the person who speaks truth to the masses would have been the news reporter. (laughs) (laughs) I guess you and I have different views on that. A little bit. So Sam and Dean leave her office with a box. Dean gives the security guard some money. And they go back to the hotel and watch some raw footage uh, on Sam's laptop. Watch a lot of it. Mm -hmm. Dean thinks she's creepy. The hair alone. And maybe nothing's actually there. So Dean kind of pulls back from watching and just watches from the background for a while. And then we just get this like montage of Sam continually watching it at the edge of the bed while Dean's kind of moving, moving around, around the hotel room. Yeah, just we usually see. <laughs> um, so towards the end of the time lapse of them uh, moving around the hotel room, we get to a clip of a dog going nuts behind Ashley. Dean joins Sam and has them zoom in on her eyes. And we get to see that they are very blue and very cat-like. The boys go back to the studio and wait for her. They follow her home. She has a really nice fucking Dude, house. Dude, what the fuck? I was like, I was like, Holy I need to be an investigative shit. reporter. Right? <laughs> I didn't know you made that much fucking money. Um, Sam thinks it looks pretty normal. Dean is convinced it's chock full of creep on the inside. Dean holds up two knives. Sam pulls out a jar of dog's blood. And Sam tells him dog's blood. And Dean says, do I even want to know where you got that? No. Probably not. (laughs) Dean, he got it from a dog. (laughs) I said, no, babies. The boys go sneaking through the house. Lots of cat paraphernalia and lots of cats. Cat paraphernalia? Yeah, just like she had a bunch of statues No, I know what you mean, but paraphernalia. (laughs) Yeah. So... Um, they also see, like, a mosaic of uh, Veritas yes. as they walk to the back. Then they walk into the back room, utility room or whatever, and they see a bunch of dismembered corpses. Yeah, it was really gross. Mm-hmm. Like, laying on tables or on the floor or hanging. Like, one, one of them was hanging, hanging yeah. from something. On, yeah, it was... And it had, like... It was just, like, a torso. It was, like, a torso. And, like... I think it half arm leg and or something. Half, yeah. Well, I think the arms and legs were cut off, like you like know, just above the and, like, right, just above the of, joints. Yeah, right. it was it was disgusting. So they walk. Yeah, into, I would I would have imagined that gods would be cleaner, right? you know. But the gods <laughs> in the show are always so fucking messy. Right. They just love eating us, and the they love all of the blood and like yeah, yeah. It's just it's gross. So they step further into the room and Veritas looking a lot more godlike than the reporter stand, steps behind them. They turn around and she force or they she says that they've come for dinner and then she force flings them back and they hit that disgusting yes disembodied corpse yes. and land in the puddle of blood underneath it in like a drain thing yeah. on the floor. It's disgusting. So the boys come to Sam sees her putting the knives into her drawer nearby. Veritas tells them to sit tight. They're next. She pulls out the dentist's tongue. She has tight, tied them down. Just to, yeah, yeah. Just... And uh, so she pulls the ton- dentist's tongue out and she starts eating it, saying it's the tastiest part. It's where all the lies roll off. 
She's impressed with the amount of lying the Winchesters have done. <laughs> before she takes Dean to- before she takes Dean's tongue, she wants to play a little truth or truth. Asks Sam what they should ask Dean. Sam just stares at her, saying nothing. So she looks at Dean. What do you really feel about your brother? He says, better now. As of yesterday, I wanted to kill him in his sleep. And Sam does that, like, quick head tell, like, what right, the fuck? Like, what? <laughs> I thought he was a monster. But now I think, now you think what? He's, act, he's just acting like me. Veritas wants to know what he means. He tells her it's the gig. You're covered in blood until you're covered in your own blood. Half the time you're about to die, like right now. I told myself I wanted out, that I wanted a family. She thinks he was lying. No, but what I'm good at is slicing throats. I ain't a father. I'm a killer. There's no changing that, and I know that now. Oh, poor Dean. I think it's a really well-written answer. It is, very much. Yeah, this whole part right here, I think, is my favorite part. Yeah. Just because... The writing is very, very good. She says, so Sam, walking back into your life must have been a relief, hmm? Mallory to your Mickey. And how do you feel about the band getting back together, hmm, Sam? Mallory and Mickey, for those of you who don't know, are the murderous couple from Natural Born Killers. So Sam feeds her some bullshit about what they do is hard, but they do it together, and that's what's important. And she wants to know how Sam is lying to her. And I was like, oh, shit. Right. I was like, oh, fuck. Because she is, like, upset at that point. She is like, wait a minute. Yeah. I was like, "Uh uh-oh. Sam continues to deny it all. And she she asks, or she, well, before that, she asks Dean what he is. That my chair squeaked. Sorry. (laughs) I was like, what was that? Oh, my God. Sorry. Um, So... (laughs) She wants to know, she wants, she asks Dean what Sam is, and she demands to know how Sam is lying to her. Sam continues to deny it all. Um, Veritas says, Sam is not human. Dean, at this point, is just staring at disbelief at him. Yes. Um, and, you know, Veritas is wanting to know from Dean what the fuck is what going is on. He, and, he, right. and he's like, I, what? And she's, she believes that he doesn't know. She's like, well, that's something I believe. Sam gets free, throws his knife to Dean, and then attacks Veritas. He gets their knives, but then Veritas gets the better of him and starts choking Sam. Then Dean stabs her from behind. She turns on him, all cat lady, cat features, then Sam, Sam is able to stab her through the chest with the dog's blood-soaked blade. So, now that we know, according to Veritas, that Sam is not human, it just seems like it would have been a lot easier for him to kill her. Because <laughs> he's not going to be as hesitant as Sam usually is, but right. he still struggled. I was like, come on. It's like Dean said, you've been the Terminator Apparently this whole time. he didn't but... get a good monster. <laughs> he's just some weak... <laughs> doppelganger monster I guess I don't know so Dean holds the knife out at Sam accusing Sam of not being his brother Sam is trying to convince Dean that it's really him Dean doesn't believe anything Sam is saying okay okay you want the truth here it is here it is God's honest she was right there's something wrong with me really wrong I've known it for a while I've lied to you yeah and I get that And 
I let you get turned by that vamp because I knew there was a cure, Dean, and we needed that nest, and I knew you could handle it. Dean points out that he could have died or killed Ben. Sam agrees that he should have that should have stopped him that should have stopped him cold, but he just can't feel it. Dean's like, can't what? And Sam tells him ever since he came back, he's been a better hunter than he's ever been. Nothing scares him anymore because he can't feel it. He doesn't know what's wrong with me, but he thinks he needs help. Uh, Dean, that's um pretty amazing that he's asking Dean for help. I mean, that just tells you how fucked up he really is. Like, right? I mean. Because a person who doesn't feel anything wouldn't even think to ask right. for help. But obviously, it's a lot more complicated than right. that. Right. So I was pretty amazed that he was like, hey, look, I have no feelings and I'm totally fucked up. Can you please help me? Right. <laughs> Dean puts down the knife, is quiet for a minute, and then just punches the ever-living fuck he out of Sam's out of face. Him. Like, he beats the shit out of him. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. So... We're back to the Winchesters. Credits. <laughs> and then credits. I was like, are you kidding? That's how it ends? Is Sam getting knocked out <laughs> and laying there all bloody-faced? And Oh, credits. Oh, okay. You guys know this isn't the season finale, right? <laughs> <laughs> God. So at that point, I was like, okay, what is going on with Sam? Yeah. Either, like, he's still... Because I felt... Oh, I felt very good about the fact that he was telling the truth. I was like, okay, I feel like he is being legit right now, but it's got to be really hard to trust him. Oh, yeah. At this point, and Dean's like, Dean was just told by a god that he was not human. Right. And you're just like, okay, well, what the fuck are you? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So, I was like, okay, hopefully next episode we'll get to see what's up finally, because... This has been driving me nuts. Right. At least we're <laughs> at least we're making progress yeah. through it. You know, seems it's not we're like, on the path. It's not like at the beginning of the season where you're like, do they just not know how to write Sam? Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is weird. I don't like it. So the title of the episode refers to a famous quote by the character Colonel Jessup from the play and later film A Few Good Men. Jensen appeared in a production of the play in Fort Worth in June of two thousand seven. I thought that line was ad-libbed, that you can't handle the truth. It was something different, the actual written line. It, from A Few Good Men? Yeah. Well, it, it's something different. It's not you can't handle the truth. Right. Uh, Jack Nicholson ad-libbed. Ad-libbed that line. Right. So I guess it wouldn't be from the play. It would be more from the movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so the news story about Jane Peterson's suicide mentioned that Jane's method of suicide was jumping from a building even though we see her shoot herself oh does it really in the article it reads jane hadn't shown any signs of depression peterson's sister said i mean she was a little high strung but i can't believe she'd jump off a building none of us can the investigative reporter ashley frank aka veritas can be seen on her news program in the background of several scenes throughout the episode her show is playing on television in Biggerson's, Dr. Paul Conley's dentist's office, and the bar where Dean invokes her curse. And I didn't notice it at all until the bar. You didn't? No. Oh, wow. I noticed her right away. How funny. Yeah. I was just like, oh, look, boobs. 
Well, because they always kind of focused on it for a second and then moved. It must have been when I was typing or right? something. Because yeah. I never caught it until oh, yeah, the bar. I saw it every time. I was like, there's that fucking reporter again. But that's because I don't like it. It's also because I hate news reporters. So. <laughs> <laughs> so Ashley, a.k.a. Veritas, drives what appears to be a Dragoire E-Type or XKE, a British automobile manufactured by Jaguar between 61 and 75. This is appropriate, giving our characters connection with cats. It is. And I just didn't know that reporters made that much money. No. Mm-mm. The, this episode was produced 5th, but aired 6th. The Cernita Swan, who played Veritas, previous played the hospital receptionist in Salvation. Hmm. First season. Which one is Salvation? It's the second to last one, isn't it? Is it? Of season one. 21st episode. Meg is in it. Yeah. It's number 21. But I'd have to read all my notes to see what it's about. I wasn't doing summaries the same way back then. (laughs) (laughs) So um, she also apparently has experience with playing a goddess as she played Aphrodite the Greek goddess of love and Percy Jackson and the Olympians lightning thief in 2010. The tongue that she eats was made of sashimi grade tuna. Hmm. That must have made it easy to eat, I guess. Mm-hmm. There were no no songs on this. Nope. Just curse effects. The body count is four. Jane, Kenny, the patient, the dentist... And, and Veritas. Veritas, yeah. Um, did you have stuff on Veritas? Yes. Okay. Not a lot. Dang it. Sorry. Ah. All right, let's... <clears throat> I know how to use my software, you guys. It's fine. <laughs> there we go. So, Veritas is actually a Roman goddess. She's a Roman goddess of truth. She is the daughter of Saturn, who is time, and the mother of Virtus, who is virtue. She is depicted as a virgin wearing white and is said to hide at the bottom of a holy well where she is very difficult to find without spending a great deal of time and effort for those bent on discovering her whereabouts. Um, she is a virgin wearing white and is said to hide at the bottom of a holy well where she is difficult to find without spending a great deal of time and effort for those bent on discovering her whereabouts. There is a statue of her in the Ottawa Supreme Court. Um, Veritas is also the name given to the Roman virtue of honesty, which is considered one of many virtues any good Roman should possess. So I wanted to learn about those because I'd never heard of Roman virtues. There's 15. All right, I'm going to do my best to pronounce these. (laughs) (laughs) There's octoritis, which is spiritual authority, the sense of one's social standing built up through experience. Um, Comedis, which is humor. That's an important one. It is. Clementia, which is mercy or mildness and gentleness. Dignitas, which is dignity. Firmitas, which is tenacity. Strength of mind, the ability to stick to one's purpose. Frugalitis, frugalness, being economical. I know. I know. I'm not saying these right. No, I'm not. Digitas Um, is a very popular uh, pro uh, sports for hots. Oh, is it? Yeah. Nice. Um, 
But yes, frugalness and economy and simplicity of style without being miserly. Uh, gravitas. We've all heard of gravitas. I just never knew where it came from. Um, which is a sense of importance of the matter at hand and responsibility and earnestness. Honestus, which is respectability. Humanitis. Humanitis. How would you say it? I don't know how to you... Hum- just the word human and then I-T-A-S at the end. I-T-A-S? Yeah. Humanitis? See, that's what I'm saying, but it sounds well, like, I'm making, like a disease, right? <laughs> I think it would be toss because... I oh, because it's gravitas. Because it's gravitas. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So it would be human humanitas. Yeah. There we go. There you go. Thank you. Uh, which is humanity, civilization, civilization, learning, and being cultured. Industria, which is industrious. Pietus, pietus, dutifulness. Um, more than religious piety, but uh, a respect of one's natural order, socially, politically, and religiously, and includes the idea of patriotism and devotion to others. <laughs> This was my favorite one. Prudentia. Oh, of course. Which is prudence, <laughs> which is foresight, wisdom, and personal discretion, which is like the most ridiculous name for a cat. <laughs> I realized when I read this. <laughs> She's none of those names. <laughs> <laughs> there is salubritas, which is wholesomeness, health what and was cleanliness. That one? Salubritas. Salubritas? Yes. And that's for cleanliness? Yes, wholesomeness is as health and cleanliness. S A L U B R I T A S. Severitas, which is sternness. <laughs> you guys Severity. didn't see Liana do her like <laughs> it was Judge the, Hammer. The hammer, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Judge then, Hammer miming. Uh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> then there's number fifteen, which was veritas, truthfulness, honesty in dealing with others. So, if you guys want to be a good Roman, that's where you start. <laughs> but, Did you have to have all of those virtues? or Well, just that's like, what you, those were what you strove, strove for, okay. right? These are the things that a good Roman would have. And if you were, I think what it came down to is if you were displaying the opposite of one of those, people would kind of be like, dude, where's your veritas? Right. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. Where's your humanitas? Right. Humanitis. <laughs> um, well, that's like itis is for diseases, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, it sounds so weird. Um, there wasn't a whole lot about veritas, though, so that's really all I had. She is not, and then the even with the Greek version of her, whose name was really hard to pronounce, um, very little. Apparently, people don't really like telling myths about being honest. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> I had a little bit on something. On the mosaic, oh yeah. Um, the pic, the goddess that it displays is actually a portrait of the. I'm gonna say all of this stuff wrong. <laughs> it's a portrait of the Byzantine. 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 I can't say it. Yes, you can. Byzantine. Byzantine. There Byzantine. you go. <laughs> Byzantine Empress Theodora. And this detail from a large, this is a detail from a larger mosaic called Empress Theodora and her routine. Um, her retinue? No, yes. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, that's not routine. The U is all different. Anyway, uh, Theodora was the wife of a Roman emperor who has a matching mosaic called Emperor Justinian and his retinue. 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 <laughs> I'm really bad at reading. And I'm not even looking at it, you guys. <laughs> Both mosaics are located in the church of San Vital in Ravinia, Italy. All right. Ravinia. Anyway. I think you're probably right What's with that your one. favorite line? 
Well, my favorite line is actually um, the lady at the bar who says that she's sitting like this so that Dean will look at her breasts. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I was like, that is the kind of honesty that I can appreciate. (laughs) Because that's exactly what I would be doing. (laughs) Oh my God, do you see that guy? (laughs) You guys did it again, see what I was doing. (laughs) She was pulling her shirt down and pressing her breasts together. Yes, I was. As you do when you see a when hot you guy see at a bar. Jensen Ackles at a bar. Like, you know. I mean, come on. That was I wouldn't favorite. do it, baby. I'm married. Uh-huh. Sure. Anyways. <laughs> what was your favorite line? Uh, the whole conversation with Bobby. Yeah. When he was spilling the truth. Yeah. That one was really good. That My favorite was funny. scene was Dean's conversation at the beginning with Bobby about what Sam is. Oh, okay. That was just... I liked that dialogue they had going there. My favorite was... The scene with Veritas making, uh, when she was asking Dean how he felt, how about, he his felt brother. about his brother. Yeah. And that whole back and forth. Yeah. That was a good one, too. Did Anything you already say else? your favorite line? Bobby. Bobby, yes. <laughs> Sorry. Like two seconds ago. I know, I know. Do you have anything else for this? No, that's all I have. Okay, let's take a break because we've been talking for an hour and seven minutes. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh my God. We are going to get it under control, guys. And we will be back to talk about Family Matters. Better tap the phones. Know when to leave and know when to come home. But I got a neighbor. His name is Frank. Says it's a good day for a neighbor. I'll reply if he's dead. by Guy Norman B and written by Andrew Dabb and Daniel Laughlin. <gasps> Daniel Laughlin, which one did he favorite? do? He's done a few. He has, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my favorite moment is in the opening scene. Oh, is it? One of. I think okay. I picked a couple because this episode is fucking hilarious. This is a good episode. Um, and yeah, well, the opening scene is just really good in general, so... I'm just letting you know I'm going to stop you when you get there. I know. I think I know exactly which one you're talking about, too. So I'll be fine. Okay. Um, so we open and the screen is very blurry. But you can tell that Cass is standing there because you can see the trench coat and the tie and everything. Um, and you hear Sam kind of like <clears throat> type noises. And then we cut away and we see that Sam is tied up and that he looks like shit. Um and Cass is like poking at him and asking Dean questions and Cass asks if he's been feverish and Dean says I don't think so and Cass says has he been speaking in tongues and he looks at Sam and he says Sam have you been speaking in tongues (laughs) (laughs) and Sam looks at them and he's like are you guys diagnosing me uh and yeah that's pretty much what they're doing and so we learn that Sam has not slept since he got out of hell like a year ago Cass asks how Sam's feeling, and Sam's like, I feel like shit. Like, Dean beat the shit out of me. And like, Sam, my nose and, is broken. Right, like, my nose is broken. That's what he says. Thank you. And Cass is like, no, I mean how you're feeling, like, emotionally. Uh, and Sam says he doesn't know. And 
So Cass gives him his belt and says, bite down on this. That's my favorite moment. It is? As okay. he's just, okay, so as Cass is taking off his belt, Sam's like, uh, Cass, I don't, and he gets like really uncomfortable. <laughs> like he's not sure what Cass is good uh, about to wait do. Wait he's taking his pants off. Oh my God. That, just that split second yes. of like really being uncomfortable. <laughs> um, like, Cass, oh shit, Cass. <laughs> I love that part that, so Yes, much. that is a good one. Uh, but Kaz takes off his belt and hands it to Sam and says, bite down on this. This is going to be unpleasant, <laughs> as Kaz puts things, and tells him to go to a soothing place yes. in his mind. <laughs> <laughs> and then we see Kaz shove his hand inside Sam, like he did with the little kid a few episodes ago who had Moses' staff. And when he pulls his hand out, he tells us that it's not there. And Dean says, what's not there? And... Says his soul. It's gone. And I am just so relieved to finally know what the <laughs> fuck is going on. I was like, this bag of mixed emotions. I was like, oh fuck, that oh, sucks. That just, but I was like, yes, we know. Right. Well, because he said it. I was like, that is so fucked up. But I was like, but it seriously explains everything. everything. I was like, oh, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> like, it sucks and it's horrible, but. And moving forward, this is like my favorite Sam. Yes. Soulless oh, Sam yeah. is amazing. Yeah, because the change that we see Sam go through when we finally diagnose him is pretty hilarious. Um, but yeah, and so then we cut to the title card. Dean is telling Cass to explain it to him like he's five. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great subreddit. <laughs> is there a subreddit? I didn't know that for explaining it to me like I'm five. Yeah, it's abbreviated. Um, e l Anyways, so I people can just ask questions. Yeah. yeah. And you break, and you know, professionals will go in and break shit down like you're five. And nice. it's great. <laughs> I never go to Reddit. Um, yeah. So Cass tells them that when Sam was resurrected, it was without his soul. He be- Cass believes that Sam's soul must still be trapped in the cage with Lucifer and Michael. I said, that can't be good. No. And this is one of my favorite lines. Dean asks, so... Is he even still Sam? Cass says, well, you pose an interesting, interesting philosophical question. question. <laughs> uh, Dean wants Cass to go get it. Cass says, it's very different, or that it would be very difficult. And he's like, well, you pulled me out. And he's like, um, that that was very different than when we pulled you out. Well, you were not well guarded. Well, because it took several kid. angels to right. get Dean out, and he was not well guarded. <laughs> Sam wants to be untied. Dean tells him that he shouldn't even be let out of the room. Sam says that he knows what he did with the vamps was wrong, but he's sorry and it won't never happen again. I'm like, you don't sound very very honest there. Like, I'm not convinced. Dean is not having it. Sam is trying to convince Dean that it's still him and he's still trying to make it right. But Dean will not let Sam go. Because Sam tells him, I'm not some psycho. (laughs) I'm still Sam. To which I wrote, Sam, that's exactly what you are. (laughs) Because people who are incapable of emotions are called sociopaths. Exactly. Dean refuses to let him go. Sam says he didn't want it to come to this and stands up with the ropes just sliding off of him. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow. That says a lot, I think. You know, I think there's... It's not as evil as it seems that he was sitting there trying to, like, you know, I'm not going to just get up and, like, beat you guys up and leave, right. you know? Like, please let me go. I'm going to give you guys the chance right. to do the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
He tells Dean they won't be able to hold him, not anywhere. Not even in the panic room. Right. He's, they, he says, he's, you're working with the soulless guy, so you need to deal with it so that we can fix it. Dean says he will be watching his every move. Sam agrees, saying that's the thing to do. Dean says that they need to find out who pulled him out to figure out what happened to his soul. Sam remembers nothing from being resurrected. Dean wants to make a list and ask Cass who has the kind of power it would take to pull off that kind of muscle. Cass doesn't know. They look at Sam. Cass is like, no clues, none. And Sam's like, well, I have one. And then at one point, Dean's like, no, Cass, clean him up. (laughs) I was like, Dean. Okay, first off, you don't get to just beat the shit out of Sam. Okay, I think you owe someone an apology. (laughs) Like, I mean, at least Sam. (laughs) Like, and you don't just get to boss people around like that. Yeah. I just, you know, and it's not because it's Cass. I mean, that's part of it. Absolutely. (laughs) But it's just like, dude, you don't boss people around. Dean, you big meanie. So we see them entering the Campbell compound. There's lots of hunters around uh, preparing for something pretty big. Christian greets Sam very warmly and then acknowledges Dean with his name. To which Dean says, one of my favorite lines, hello, Newman. And for those of you who don't know, it's from Jerry Seinfeld. It was his catchphrase um, when Jerry used it whenever his neighbor and nemesis Newman appeared. Yes. Hello, Newman. Newman. I, oh my God, I laughed so hard when he said that. <laughs> oh, it's just so perfect. It was really good. Kristen, Christian points to the back um, when after they ask where, because uh, he says, hello, Newman, where's the man? Christian points to the back and Dean heads that way. Sam follows. Samuel hides something in the de- desk as the two boys walk in. Dean wants to know what happened the day that he got back. Samuel said that he already went over all of this. Dean wants him to recap it for their wingman. And we see Cass suddenly standing behind Samuel. Samuel looks at him and tells him that he's scrawnier than he imagined. Okay. (laughs) What is with the camels? Why are they all such a bunch of fucking assholes? I don't know. Like, I don't understand how Mary came from this family. (laughs) Like, I don't get it. Because... Fucking hell, dude. Sorry. I know. It's Cass. I know. So Cass says to him, this is a vessel. My true form is approximately the size of your Chrysler building. To which Dean says, all right, all right, quit bragging. Um, For those of you who would like to know the approximate size of Cass's vessel... It would no, be Cass's true form. Or, excuse me, true form. We know the vessel. Size of the vessel. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my God. Uh, is 1,047 feet tall or 319 meters. That's how big the Chrysler building is. How many Sams is that? Like <laughs> six, maybe? Just kidding. Um, I'm gonna, I want to figure it out. It's how, hold on. Let me get my calculator out here. How many feet? 1,047 divided by. Divided by six. six. That's 245 Sams. <laughs> Approximately. Approximately. Because he's six four. <laughs> right. So. Yes. So I guess we could <laughs> probably round that down to what? Like 230? Um, so <laughs> that's a lot of Sams. That's a anyway, lot of Sams um, either way. <laughs> Samuel says he was suddenly on Elton Ridge and doesn't know how or why. He has nothing to hide. 
Dean asks Cass, uh, Dean asks if Cass can double check. Cass rolls up his sleeves and we hear Samuel scream. Well, we cut away from the office right. to the and compound. We see we... Christian hear him. See, oh my God. <laughs> we see Christian, Christian hear Samuel, Samuel scream. scream. There we go. There Holy we go. shit. That was a tough one. Okay. So he runs back to the office. Um, he runs into the office and Dean so, tells him to calm down angel cavity search. Because when Christian <laughs> comes running in, Samuel is standing up with his back to the door and his hands on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> like, with where Cass exactly was right next Cass to putting his hand? Right. Like, why wasn't he still just sitting in the chair? Right, like <laughs> Sam. Yeah, I was a little weirded out by that. And then for Dean to be like, angel cavity search. It's like, you guys, oh. you're making this really weird. Christian obviously does not listen and uh, looks to Samuel. Samuel tells him uh, he's fine and to give them a minute. Christian uh, or Samuel obviously does not look fine. He looks like he's sick. He's sweating and he's kind of bent he's over. He's panting a weak. little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um. So Christian disobeys at first, but Samuel shuts him out and he finally leaves. We find out when Christian is gone that Samuel's soul is intact. And this is when Samuel finds out that Sam's soul is not intact. Samuel tells Sam he didn't know, but he knew something was up. Thinks that Sam is a damn fine hunter, but he did scare him sometimes. Then we see Cass looking skyward, assuming he's listening to the angels. And then he tells uh, Sam and Dean, he has to go. Dean says, you're leaving? He says, I'm in the middle of a civil war. You better tear up the attic, find something to help Sam. And Castiel says, of course, your, <laughs> your problems, problems always come, come first. first. I'll be in touch. To which I wrote, was that sarcasm? I detected <laughs> Castiel. Because if so, bravo. You are, you are still a little human. He's a little human. Not like a tiny human. Like there's a little <laughs> bit of human still in you. <laughs> That reminds me of an outtake I'm pretty sure it's in this season too, where um, it's a cut, they're cut away, and uh, Jensen tells Misha, oh, hey, Misha, we're missing the gay little angel, and he, like, you see Misha walking into the screen, and Jensen puts his arm around him, and you just hear Misha say, because they have their backs to the camera, and Misha says, you mean gay like happy, right? <laughs> and Jensen, yeah, like happy. <laughs> Oh, it's adorable. It is. I love those two. So Dean asks Samuel about the hunters out front. Sam figures that they've found the alpha vamp. Samuel finally comes clean. Sam wants to know why he wasn't called. Dean realizes it's because of him. Says Samuel doesn't trust him very much, especially when it comes to big game. Samuel denies it. Dean tells him that's great. They'll help. Samuel says no. (laughs) Dean says, so you don't trust me. (laughs) Samuel says it's that he doesn't know him, not that he does, not like he knows Sam. Dean tells Samuel that he'll listen 100% and he wants to go and he'll let him call the shots. Samuel wants to know uh, since when and Dean tells him since Big Daddy Bloodsucker, he doesn't want to miss it. Dean tells Samuel that he understands it's his deal and he'll follow his lead. He trusts him. When they leave, Dean says to Sam, I don't trust him. (laughs) He's hiding something. 
he tells Sam, I can feel it. And if you weren't Robo Robo Sam, Sam, you'd you'd feel it too. I love that. Robo (laughs) Sam. (laughs) Sam finds it interesting. Interesting. Hey, wow. What is with you today? I'm really tired. (laughs) I'm really tired. Sam finds it interesting that Dean is not trusting family. Dean wants to blend in, see what they can find. I was like, Sam, this isn't really family, though. Like, right, but I just point, met them. But at this point, I'm like, well, Sam gets doesn't get that at this point. Because I'm like, oh, Sam doesn't have a soul. Right. None of this makes any sense to him. Yeah, He's like, true. they're Campbells. They're our family. Let's just trust them, Dean, and do what they want to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sam wants to know if Dean still thinks Samuel is connected to the soul thing. Dean says it's the only lead they got. They go back inside. Dean sneaks back to Samuel's office, picks the lock, and is about to go in when Christian stops him. So, why would you even have locks on your doors if you're in a hunter's compound? I don't know. I mean, you've got to be a little more clever about locking up your shit. Literally, than that, right? every one of those peop- guys, girls, whoever are going wants to, to get in there, are going to be able to get in there, now. right? So, like, I don't understand <laughs> why you'd even lock your door. Maybe it's a respect thing. I, yeah, I guess you—that's probably what they're going for. Yeah. Dean tells him he was going in to make a phone call and he needed privacy. Christian's like, into Samuel's locked office? Dean denies that it was ever locked. Says he was going to call Christian's wife and tell her that he couldn't make it tonight. <laughs> Christian says, you know, I've tried playing nice, Dean, but I think I'm done. And Dean says, wait, are you trying to tell me that you're a bigger knob than you've been letting on? <laughs> Christian says, I'm the guy who's been here doing my job. Who are you? You think you... You think we need you here? You walk around like you're playing pro tennis. Only action you've seen lately is between your slut girlfriend's legs. Oh my god! I was like, that's not. I mean, a I good know that say. Dean just kind of took a blow at your wife, which, by the way, you don't have one. Right. But that was pretty low, dude. Yeah, I think that was pretty low. Dean pushes him up against the wall and holds him there. Christian asks Dean if he's sure he wants to come because accidents happen. <laughs> Dean just kind of chuckles and tells him not to worry. He has his back. Let's him go. I love that. <laughs> they all leave and meet up at the vamp house. So I liked the row of hunter cars just to see like <clears throat> the kind of car they each had. Right. And it made me think about what kind of car I'd have. And I think I'd have the same car I do now. Oh, you're As my soul. hunter car. Yeah. Ikea soul. Because that's like. It's roomy. The, the most conspicuous car ever. <laughs> and so people are like, a hunter would never drive that. <laughs> like, the hamster commercial Kia Soul Right, car. exactly. No, it's yeah. not usually what you think of when you think a supernatural like hunter. Hunter who kills monsters, right? right? So that's why it would work. Yeah, yeah. you're probably right. Because mm-hmm. they all drive some pretty shady vehicles. Right. And then Sam and Dean just have like a badass ride that's right. just but it's just so noticeable i guess that's kind of my thing it's, it's very like, noticeable anytime you see, like <laughs> right but every time anytime you see an impala like even before i started watching supernatural like i was i don't remember where I, oh i was at vegas i was in vegas with my mom and jen and we're walking through some casino i don't like vegas um but we're walking through this casino and there's like just an impala like on display and i was like oh my god and like run over there and start taking pictures of it it's just impalas are very noticeable like well, and Cars. I always find it funny in this show because the Impala is like, grr, 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 right. grr, when they drive, and they like always sneak up to people's houses. Right. And I'm like, you're not fooling anybody. Like the whole neighborhood should be waking up like, what is that? Going at two in the morning, just grr, 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 
like coming down the street. Is there a fucking earthquake happening? Mm-hmm. That too. It's like Harley. You know how Harley has their distinct noise for their bikes, right. like right. That and Paula is not sneaking up. No, everybody to knows to stake out anybody's where it house, is. right? <laughs> anyway, so they get to the. They're down the hill from where the vamp's house is, and uh, Samuel's kind of calling the shots. He's telling uh, Christian to take Christian to take the flank. The rest are with him and Sam, and he tells Dean and Gwen to stay back and sweep any stragglers that they flush out. You can see that Dean and Gwen kind of have a problem with that. And when Samuel asks Dean if he has a problem, Dean says, no, sir. And then Gwen says, I'm in the rear with the reject. And Dean's like, what the fuck? (laughs) I love the way he looked at her all. Oh, God. Um... Sam tells Dean that it's fine. Dean disagrees. Nothing is fine. He's not fine. <laughs> Nothing is fine. Just go. Just go. <laughs> so after uh, everybody leaves, Gwen tells Dean, sorry about the reject thing. I've been called worse. She says, just, uh, I get sick of being left behind. I think it's probably because I remind him of his daughter or something. He says, well, you do speak your mind. And she says, I'll take that as a compliment. He says, you should. I was like, wow, he's actually, like, being nice. Nice to her, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't expecting that. All right, Dean. Especially after being called a reject. Right. So, Dean hears a noise, and then um, a vampire jumps out at them. Gwen saves Dean's life, but he does not accept her hand when she's offering it to to help help him up. up. Yeah. Then they hear gunshots, and Dean runs to the house while Gwen stays behind protesting. When Dean gets up to the house, he sees a weather vane on the top, and he has a a flashback of the vision he had when he was a vampire, and the father spoke to all of them. He goes around in the back to see a ton of dead, headless vampires. We hear a woman scream Dean's name from inside, and then blood splatters on the window. We also saw some dead hunters, too. So Mm -hmm. hunters are kind of getting their asses torn to shreds in there, which is kind of stupid yeah I feel like you guys didn't really plan this out very well Campbell's because yeah. not very good hunters then Dean and, then Dean hears Samuel and Sam talking and they have the alpha he sneaks around the side of the house and we see them loading the chained and hooded alpha into the back of the van IV'd with presumably dead man's blood still alive yes mind you they did not kill him yeah they are walking him on two feet <laughs> yes. into the van with a head still yeah Dean has another flashback uh, when he sees the Alpha's hands. And we get to see the glimpse of the that tall, black, bald, like, vampire dude. Yeah. Pointing with the twins and stuff. Yeah. Dean runs back to where Glenn, Gwen is just as the rest of the guys show up. She doesn't rat him out. And she says that they just chopped up a runner, but everything was fine. Dean asks how it went. Samuel tells them that it was rough, but... When Alpha is down. Dean wants to know where it is because he wants to go pay his respects. <laughs> Samuel tells him to bring marshmallows because it's already on the pyre. Dean is like, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> like, this motherfucker. Yeah. So then, Sam and Dean are in the Impala. And Dean is asking Sam if everything went okay. 
Sam says it was fine. And he's like, anything weird? And Sam's like, no, it was fine. Gene gets fed up, pulls the Impala over, and gets out of the car asking, or telling Sam he saw what they did. And that seems pretty fucking weird. I'm glad that it didn't take long for Dean to realize that all of his stupid little, like, innuendo type questions were not going to work. Right. You know, you're going to have to be very blunt with Sam now, Dean. (laughs) He's not going to understand subtleties. Like, (laughs) he does not pick up on nuance. Um, But I like how uh, (laughs) when... Dean's getting out of the car and he's like, I saw what you guys did. I saw you put the elf in there. And that seems pretty weird to me. And Sam just goes, oh. Oh. He's like, you weren't supposed to see that. (laughs) You weren't supposed to see that. It's just something Samuel has been doing. Catching things and then grilling them for info. The not telling Dean part was not Samuel, but Sam. Dean seems kind of hurt by that and he wants to know why. Sam says it's because he would mess it up. He would shoot first and ask questions later, and they needed to ask questions. Dean wants to know if Sam has ever been privy to the interrogations. Sam has not. Dean thinks Sam should know that this is wrong, soul or not, and wants to know what Samuel wants. It seems really, really shady. Sam just says he's their grandfather. (laughs) Dean tells Sam that he can't assume that family means the same to Samuel as it does to them. He's not dad. Dean says to Sam that he has no instinct and he is truly messed up. Sam thanks him, but Dean is like, no, I'm being serious. He tells Sam that nobody is forcing Sam to work with him, but if they are, Sam needs to let Dean drive the bus. He also needs to let Dean, he also needs to tell Dean everything, whether he thinks it's important or not, because Sam can't tell the difference. Or he can just go off with Samuel and see how that goes. I do like the speech that Dean gives him <clears throat> about uh, not having any instincts because right. Sam doesn't have any instincts. Um, but even like you said, because he keeps saying, oh, well, Samuel's our family. And right. that's kind of my th- <coughs> thing with it. That's kind of funny about the whole thing is because while Sam doesn't have any instincts, he's still going off of like his old instincts, you know, like, well, it's family, so they're good. And so he hooks up with his family because that's what he should have been doing or that would have been the right thing to do. Right. And then he just goes along with them because you're supposed to trust your family. The thing that makes it all fucked up is that this, the Campbells are totally fucked up people. Like, they're right. not trustworthy people. But no. Sam can't see that because he's just going off of the whole right. always trust your family type thing. I so. liked the speech that Dean gave him also. I normally am with you and I'm like, come on, Dean. We don't have the boss people around that much. Right. I mean, I get it sometimes. You take right. lead in certain hunts and stuff and you're the big brother and you got to take care of Sam <laughs> and all that. But... Normally, I'm like, okay, settle down with the bossing. Right. And right here, it's definitely him bossing him, but I think it's, like, needed. Oh, absolutely. Because obviously, Sam does not know right from wrong He doesn't, right? (laughs) So I I, I did like this part as well. Yeah. Even though normally I'm, like, eye-rolling at Dean. Even though I love Dean to pieces, and I'm definitely team Dean, I still get Get kind of sick of it. Right. like, this is what we're doing, blah, blah, blah. Right. Oh, okay, Dean, shut up. (laughs) So anyway, um, Sam shows up. So we don't get to see what Sam's answer is. We just see Sam showing up in Samuel's office. And um, he tells Dean that, uh, or he tells Samuel Samuel that Dean left about an uh, an hour ago because they don't see eye to eye anymore. Samuel says it's probably for the best, but he's sorry. Um. 
Sam wants in on the interrogations. He can help. He'll do whatever he can, as this is the only family he has now. Samuel tells him he needs him to keep doing what he's doing. Until they figure out the soul business, he can't really be in on the interrogations. Or he can't be in on all of it. I think Sam would be pretty good in the interrogations. Don't you? I think yeah. that's a real I'm missed like, opportunity there, Samuel. Um, actually, he'd probably be better than any, any of, of you at this because right. he has no soul. Right. He can just keep on going. Right. <laughs> He's never going to question his morals. Exactly. Like and he can literally go all night. Right. And not stop. He doesn't need to sleep. Go all night. You're dirty. I know. You are dirty. I know. How do we get rid of Cass's soul? <laughs> Is that even possible? Probably not. Huh? No. no. I mean, he is just kind of a soul. Right. Okay. Sorry. That was inappropriate, everybody. Anyway. <laughs> um, so I totally lost my spot. We were talking about Okay, so Sam goes night. back out to the van <laughs> and does some shit with one of the cell phones in the console. Then he gets back into the Impala where Dean is waiting. And Dean seems pleasantly surprised. And I really love this line. <laughs> you didn't think I'd come back. I figured 60-40. And Sam's like totally fine with and it he's all. Like, yeah, yeah. I love he just nods yeah. his head in like agreement. That's a good, that's a good wager. <laughs> I just, that whole transaction right there. Yes. Just, just I great. loved it. Yeah, it was so great. It was very brother Winchester. Thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Sam tells Dean that Samuel didn't take the bait, so he went with plan B. Dean didn't know they had a plan B. (laughs) Sam fired up the GPS on one of the cell phones, and they should be able to track it back to the Alpha. Everybody, That's not how it works. That's not how cell phones work. (laughs) Dean wants to know if the old man will notice. Sam says, trust me, he thinks Velcro is big news. (laughs) And little factoid... Velcro was manufactured in the United States beginning in 1957, but its interrogation into the textile industry... Integration. <laughs> Not interrogation. What did I... I said interrogation. interrogation. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> its integration into the textile industry took time. It wasn't until NASA began using Velcro in its bulky spacesuits in the mid-60s that the fasteners began to appear in consumer products. First in snow skiing clothing and then in scuba and marine gear. Samuel Campbell originally died in 73, so it's likely that he would have at least heard of Velcro before his death. Right. That doesn't mean he doesn't think it's a big deal. Oh, no, no. I know. I was just doing a factoid. Oh, okay. Velcro. A fun fact. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Sam and Dean follow Samuel and Christian to a warehouse. Question. All right. So he did all this wackadoo stuff. They say wackadoo like 18,000 times in the show. I know. And I think it's funny. Like, such a stupid word, but okay. <laughs> so they do all that shit with the GPS, but right. then they just follow, follow them. them. Yeah. So there was really no point in that, right? No, there okay. wasn't. Thank you. Yeah, because they're just being old-fashioned hunters. <laughs> the <laughs> they're super stealthy car. <laughs> they did have the lights off. They did. You're right. So <laughs> maybe they're listening to music in the van? <laughs> They still should have heard it slowly creeping Creeping up up in that alleyway, though. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so uh, Samuel and Christian go into the warehouse. Sam uh, and Dean finally get up to the door, and they notice that there is dead man's blood on the door. Dean says, smart, lock the place down with vamp repellent. 
Sam and Dean make their way inside. They duck into cover as Christian comes down the hall. Christian pokes his head into the room the boys are hiding in, but doesn't notice them and leaves. The boys find Samuel talking to the Alpha, who is strapped to a chair with his feet and hands with his feet nailed to the floor and his hands nailed to the arms of the chair. Samuel is asking where it is and how do they find it. The Alpha isn't talking. So Samuel turns on a switch that causes electricity to course through the nails in the Alpha's feet and hands. He doesn't seem to mind. No, like he doesn't even bat an eye. He goes, ouch, stop, Stop. that hurts. (laughs) I love the actor who plays the Alpha. I know. He is so, so great. good. He so was good. um, he was also in Battlestar Galactica. If you haven't seen Battlestar Galactica, watch it. It's Such really a good, good show. I don't it's remember really him. Good. I vaguely remember him in the show, but I don't remember like his role. Yeah. Okay. It's been many, many years. Since I think I've I just remember him because I could listen to that man talk for hours. He has a great he has voice. Such a great voice. Yeah. So um, Samuel tells him that this is Club Med compared to what they have in store. The Alpha doesn't seem too concerned. <laughs> Samuel tells him that he has all the time in the world. And the vampire says, that makes two of us. Right. And I'm like, really, Samuel? <laughs> right. You literally just said that to something that's... That's immortal. You have no idea right. how... He's the first vampire. vampire. Like, this guy's pro- at least 2,000 years old. Right. Like, yeah. Come on. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Anyway. Samuel storms out. The alpha raises a finger and we see the nail growing longer and sharper on it. And then he starts scratching his bond very slowly. Then he asks the Winchesters, who have been eavesdropping this whole time from outside, if they're going to hide all night. And they both look kind of like, ah, he caught us. I'm like, you guys, he can smell you. Right. Like, as soon as you walked up, he heard you walking up. I don't care how quiet you were being. He heard your car, for sure. Right. (laughs) Then he smells you. He's a vampire. He's the vampire. Right. Like, you guys are not going to be able to hide from him. (laughs) So they walk into the room, and he wants to know how he can help them. Dean tells him that they have some questions. The Alpha alludes to not being stuck there all night. Dean thinks that with the dead man's blood rushing through his veins, he won't be out anytime soon. Or he won't be able to do his uh, bat signal thing anytime soon. The Alpha agrees that he doesn't have the juice to fire up the bat signal. But we, as an audience, can see him making progress on his bonds. The Alpha knows Dean's name. He was his child for a time. The Alpha wants to know if Dean enjoyed it. Dean is getting irritated and tells them, I'm asking the questions here, Fright Night, (coughs) which is a fantastic horror movie from the 80s. You should watch it. Um, Dean pulls the lever again to turn on the electricity. I was like, did you not watch with Samuel? The Alpha Vampire. When your kind first huddled around the fire, I was the thing in the dark. Now Now you think you can hurt me? I have all night, boys. You do not. Anyway, I am happy to tell you whatever you want to know. Sam asks him why. Why? Because soon I'll be ankle deep in your blood, sucking the marrow from your bones. Sam is surprised to finally meet a first, wants to know who made him. Alpha tells him that they all have their mothers, even him. Dean is like, what does that mean? And what's with the big surge of amps lately? I mean, it's like, like we're going to war. Dean wants to know why, and Sam wants to know what's going on with Samuel. 
The Alpha can feel that Sam has no soul and wants to know if he can feel how empty it is. I like it because he actually tells Sam that he smells cold. Right. Which I was like, that's a pretty cool line. He says, the thing about souls, if you've got one, of course, it is that they're predictable. You die, you go up, you go down. Where do my kind go? Go. All right, enough with the sermon, freak. I'm trying to answer the question. Now, when we freaks die, where do we go? Not heaven, not hell, so... Dean says, Legoland? Dean. <laughs> he says, little rusty on our Dante boys. Sam says, purgatory? And Dean, purgatory? Purgatory is real? How many times are we going to have that <laughs> comment? Is this Dean? real? That's real? At some point, Dean, just roll with it. It's all real. <laughs> oh, stupid cattle, of course. And it's filled with the soul of every hungry thing like me that ever walked this earth. Now, where is it? That is the mystery. And that is what your kind-hearted granddaddy is trying to beat out of me. Sam is quite surprised to find that this is the reason. Alpha said, the Alpha says he doesn't know where it is. Sam tells him he knows exactly where it is. Sam wants to know why Samuel would even care about any of that. The Alpha tells him Samuel doesn't care. He does as he's told. (coughs) Sorry. And Dean says, well, if the old man's Kermit, whose hand is up his ass? <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> Me too. Samuel and the two others show up at this very moment. They pull Sam and Dean out into the hall and pull all of their weapons. It's just like this mass Dude, pile. Dude, I love the pile. And what I always, not always, what I thought when I saw it this time was that there's probably a lot more than that. Right, right. <laughs> it's just very well If hidden. they can fit that much, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. <laughs> Uh, Dean is calling Samuel the king of all stupid. Samuel lunges at Dean after Dean tells him that Samuel is going to get himself and everyone around him killed. Dean and Sam are able to overtake Samuel and Christian, but Gwen shows up and cocks the shotgun pointed at Dean. Then we see some anonymous hunter, who we haven't met yet, walk into the room where the Alpha is. And we see him get killed by the Alpha. Who rips himself up from his chair right. and off of his nails because he has torn open his bond like we saw with his nail. Right. Like we all saw that coming. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of a little stupid for you guys to think you could just keep him in a cage with a little dead man's blood. He's, right. you know, the god of all vampires. Right. <laughs> he might. I mean, we saw an alpha shapeshifter. Right. We know that. That was pretty unstoppable. They have, <laughs> you know, different powers or more right. powerful powers. So. Right. Anyway, so they got everybody hears the hunter getting killed, um, and they run in there and see that the um, cage is empty, and they only have two syringes of dead man's blood left. Samuel wants to get it back in the cage. Dean says, no, we're going to kill it. So they're going to split to clear rooms. Dean says to shoot it in the kneecaps to slow it. If they make it through, the Sams and Dean are going to have one hell of a family meeting. Um, then Christian asks if they think he ran out. And he is answered by the Alpha showing up immediately behind him and snapping his neck. And I wrote, thank God. Because <laughs> <laughs> I really hated that guy. So the Alpha has Sam pinned to the wall. You, the boy with no soul, I've got big plans for you. It's amazing how that pesky little soul gets in the way. But not for you. You will be the perfect 
animal. So I was like, oh shit, can you imagine a soulless vampire? That would be horrific. I do like that in season three, Sam is the boy with the demon blood. And in season six, Sam is the boy (laughs) with no soul. (laughs) And it just seems like at some point, Sam should probably just get a break and not be like the the totally mutilated person. (laughs) (laughs) So just as the alpha is about to take a bite, Christian, as a demon, injects dead man's blood into the alpha's neck. Then a few other demons appear around Christian, holding the alpha, and they zap out. Then we hear slow clapping. It's so crowley. I was going to say crowley, and I was like, not yet, Shannon. So got to say clapping, (laughs) not slow crowley. We hear a slow crowley. (laughs) But we do hear the slow clap, and then we look and we see it's crowley. Samuel wants his nephew back, and he wants him back right now. Crowley tells him that he's been possessed for quite a while now. (laughs) He's got to keep an eye on his investments. Dean is not pleased to hear that they already know each other. This is one of my favorites because Dean says, you two know each other. And Crowley says, not in the biblical sense. (laughs) (laughs) Sam says, you're Crowley's bitch. Dean wants to know Crowley gives a fuck about vampires. Sam tells him to share with the class. He knows they know he's searching for purgatory. Crowley tells them, location, location, location. And he's a developer, and Purgatory is vast, underutilized, and hell-adjacent. He wants it. Dean wants to know why. Crowley tells him to shut up. Employees don't talk to management. Dean doesn't believe that they're his employees. Crowley has other viewpoints on the matter, saying (laughs) that they have been his employees for quite some while. Quite a while. Thanks to Gramps. He knew he could count on their family loyalty thing. Dean says that's going to change. Crowley says it won't, not if they want Sam's soul back. Sam thinks Crowley is bluffing. Crowley tells them Samuel, Crowley tells Samuel to tell them. Samuel tells them that Crowley pulled them out. Sam gets upset that Samuel knew. Dean thinks he's full of it. Cat said it would take a lot of mojo and Crowley is just a punk ass crossroads demon. Was a punk ass crossroads demon. Was a punk ass crossroads demon. Now? King of hell. Believe me, I got the mojo. I snap my fingers, Sam gets his soul back. Or you can be, you and I shove Sam right back in the hole. Can't imagine what it's like in there. And I can imagine so many things. (laughs) So we clear? Me, Charlie. You, angels. (laughs) Job simple enough. Bring me creatures. Aim high on the food chain, please. Everybody wins. It's a pleasure. See you soon. I could have seriously typed out his entire dialogue through that whole scene. Yeah. Crowley is just one of the most well written. I just kept it to the end. (laughs) Right. Just the way that they write his scripting is just so perfect. I just, it blows my mind. And he does it. Mark Shepard does it perfectly. Like, I don't. Nobody could ever do Crowley the way Mark Shepard does. No. So Gwen is upset that Samuel is letting a demon call the shots. Samuel says, nothing has changed. They still hunt. He tells her to get in the van. Sam tells Samuel he's not who he thought he was. Samuel tells him he doesn't know him at all. Dean wants to know what was offered to make Samuel Samuel Crowley's cabana boy. Girls, money, hair. <laughs> Samuel tells him he has his reason. And he starts to leave. But Dean will not get out of his way. Samuel tells him to make a move if he's going to. He's not going to do anything. They're a family. So put a bullet in him or move. 
Sam immediately like cocks me his gun and, and points it at Samuel. And Dean's like, Dean's whoa. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. But that really kind of like down. drives it home. All. Oh, that's right. Sam has no conscience like, at all. I love that part. I know. Just like, so put a bullet in me. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Okay. Don't say that to Maybe Sam. Maybe right? we should watch what we say. Yeah. Sam tells Dean, or tells, yeah, Sam tells Dean that he sold them out. Dean agrees, but wants Sam to let it go. Tell Samuel to get out. Dean doesn't want to work for Crowley. Demons always screw you over. Sam understands, but doesn't think they have any other choice. Dean says, I've done some stupid things in my life, but punching a demon's clock? Sam says, look, just till we find another way. And then, and then we track Crowley down and give that son of a bitch what's coming to him. You with me, Dean? No answer from Dean, just a look. That probably means he's with Sam. Credits. Yeah. So this season's totally fucked. <laughs> what Sam do you mean? has Sam has no soul. They're working for Crowley. Like how could it get worse? But seriously though, Soulless Sam, like the next couple oh, episodes yeah, is no. like my favorite thing. Oh, I love it. I'm not saying that I don't. I absolutely do, but it's just like really fucked it's up. Really you know? shitty situation. Yeah. So, I liked this episode because now we know that Sam has no soul, but we also found out that the season is about purgatory, which is pretty cool. Right. That's... Because, like, I mean, where else would you go after the apocalypse, you know? Right. That's kind of a hard thing to come up back from, so. My favorite scene is the alpha vampire, that whole, oh, stupid cattle, of course, and it's filled with soul of every hungry thing like men. Because we're getting to find about purgatory and what's in there. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh, this yeah. could be very interesting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So that was my favorite <laughs> moment of the whole episode, just because right I liked what he said about purgatory, and I liked finding that there's something new to, you know, look forward to. <laughs> my favorite moment was when we found out that Christian was a demon and had been for a long time, and nobody had noticed. Because <laughs> <laughs> the guy was obviously a total dick. <laughs> yeah. That just made me laugh. Fuck that guy. So do you think Crowley is bluffing about snapping his fingers and Sam gets his soul back? I think so. Me too. I don't think he pulled him out either. Yeah, I don't think Crowley has that kind of power. King of hell or not, you're not pulling something out of Lucifer's Because page. he needed their help just to put Lucifer, Lucifer in, back right. in. There's no way he, he can just he's not getting anything pull out Sam of out, right? Yeah. 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 Believe it or not, Crowley is lying to us. I just, ever since Meg... And Ruby. Never believe anything Demon's I don't believe say. a fucking word that Demon's... Sometimes I'm like, okay, I get it. We need to utilize this right now. Right. Because it's all we have. That's all we have. Right. And but... we'll deal with the consequences later. But you can't, like, fully trust it the way, like, Sam did with Ruby. Right. Because we saw what happened. Exactly. No, and you I'm know? totally on board with that at this point in the series. Absolutely. That everything think... you have to take with a grain of salt. So far, I don't think we've seen an instance where Demon was just straight up with no no we haven't and if they were straight up they left shit out well that's what i mean it's like Like with crowley and bobby's soul he was like yeah i'll give it back but i'm just gonna try Try to give it it back and he wasn't you know right forthcoming well that's the whole thing with demons and i like that they do that such a good job with that in this show is that demons they tell you a lot of the truth they just leave out some pretty important parts of it they don't so they're not lying they're manipulating you so yeah so that's yeah. yeah. Crowley seems the most blunt of all the demons, I yeah. think. 
He definitely tells you like it is, but I also... But he's going to be really good at that. So I guess I do think he is straight up lying aside. Because normally, yeah, normally, like you said, I didn't ever believe that they were ever lying per se. But they were not giving you the full truth. And they were kind of twisting it a little bit to meet their goals. Exactly. But right here, I was like, you are so full of shit. You do not have that power. I don't care if you're the king of hell. Yeah. Bullshit. You didn't just become Lucifer because you have that title. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Just because he's in the cage now doesn't mean you suddenly have taken all this power. Like, yeah. I mean, the amount of fucking... Work and energy and blood, sweat and sacrifice it took just to, to get, get him in the cage. in the cage and everything. And you expect to me do. to believe that you can just yank Sam out? Yeah, you asked these hunters to. Granted, you were still king of the crossroads at that point, but I mean, he is a very powerful demon. Yeah, very powerful. I just but don't think the title King of Hell is really giving you that much power. I don't I think, think it's giving him any power. No, I just think that because you were already at like a high stature because of your King of the Crossroad, right? And you kind of just took advantage of the situation. Right. And since you helped the situation along, you were able to get the other demons to kind of look up to you. Right. And be like, okay, we'll... Get behind you. Yeah. Right. Even though he, we t- he's told Bobby it's not a piece of cake. It's not no. a cakewalk. Of and course not. He would rather not be the king of hell. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so based on what we know of that, no. I don't think he pulled them out, and I don't think he could get the soul back. I don't think so either. Unless he had some serious help. Right. And I don't think he would ever ask for help like that for the purpose of a Winchester. Right. Exactly. (laughs) To get Sam out of hell, yeah. Yeah. And that's my whole thing is why would he even do it? Like, what would be his motivation to even do that? Well, apparently he pulled the Sams out to get him alphas. Oh, that's right. That makes sense. But how did you pull a dude out of heaven? heaven? Right. You are full of shit, dude. Yeah. Like, Crowley, go, you are a liar. Crowley, you're drunk. Go home. <laughs> I don't believe a goddamn word you're saying right now. Yeah. This isn't truth bending. That's just a straight That's up lie. That's just a straight up lie. And it's not even a very good one. No. But so, I do yeah. think it's funny that Samuel is just totally on board with it. Oh, well, Crowley got me out. Oh, Samuel, you never once questioned that. Right. <laughs> oh, okay. You got me out. Maybe it's because when Samuel was fighting the good fight he had never seen a demon he never dealt with a demon until he got killed by a demon when with azazel yeah when the when when dean did the whole time traveling thing so maybe he really believes that demons are that powerful right and he has no other choice well i mean and to be fair demons are extremely powerful and crowley is a very powerful demon right but yeah it's just i don't know like sam said something he's his bitch fishy is going on Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because it's like, if we're all on the same page here, who the fuck pulled them out and why? why? And why did Sam's souls get left behind? Soul, not souls. Soul just get has left the behind. one. <laughs> <laughs> why did his soul get left behind? But Samuel is intact. I mean, you could argue that one came from heaven, one came from hell, and it was easier. Right. right. But it's still just such a bizarre thing. And why are they both there? Because the only reason we know why they're both there at this point is to hunt alphas right and i don't believe for a second that, that crowley did it so i can't believe that that's why they're there right i think crowley's just taking advantage of oh, the fact that they are there exactly which is exactly what crowley would do so oh 100 yeah so it just again it, it leads to why are they there for right like why are they actually there and who, who brought, them? brought them there and why did they do it and i think you're not going to know why until you know who 
Right. So we, we need to oh, know who absolutely. got them out. And we're probably not going to know that for a while. Probably until like the end of the season because right. that's how this show goes. <laughs> but at least we'll get some fun ones in between. Yes, we will. <laughs> there was something I saw on Reddit where some guy or girl, I don't know, but it was some person did a like a manual of shows to watch uh-huh. if you just want to watch the story arc from like oh, one okay. to whenever. So he basically just cuts out all the Monster of the Week episodes. Right, right. Because, like, this person was talking on Reddit, like, this is my first time watching the show. Like, any recommendations or, you know, I heard stopping at five is the best. Right. Most people, like, that's when they responded, well, if you want to do this, you can watch this. But everybody else into that was like, just watch all of it. Right. Because while that's a cool idea and everything, maybe you can do it as a second run. You are missing so many good Good episodes episodes. if you cut out the Monster of the Week. Yeah. Those are some of my favorite episodes. Mine, too. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, don't ever cut out the Monster of the Weeks because they're amazing. Man, they get really good. They do. <laughs> they get so good. And we're going to see a couple of really good ones coming up here. <laughs> yeah. Next week, the, the next two, um, our, what is it? All our, Dogs Go to Heaven and Clap Your Hands If You Believe. Oh, my God. We're going to be crying and just screaming. Laughing, laughing. so hard with the laughter. Yeah. with laughing. Anyway, okay, so, so let's bring sorry. it back in here. That was my favorite moment. <laughs> I got to that. What was your favorite line? Um, my favorite line. Where's the pink? Where's the pink? Um, sorry. Oh, I had, I think I had two. Yeah, both of them were Cass's. The, you pose an interesting, interesting philosophical question and my vessel, uh, his vessel's true uh, or this is my vessel, my true form. Is approximately the size of the Chrysler building. Yeah. Of your Chrysler building. Correct. I did not pick a cast line. Your Chrysler building. Does that mean there's other Chrysler buildings? No, the human's Chrysler building. I know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, God, Shannon. Um, I did not pick a cast line. My favorite line was when Dean said, hello, Newman. Yeah, that one was so good. God. I just Ugh. lost it. The first time I saw that, I had to, like, pause it all. That is amazing. <laughs> Nobody ever references Seinfeld anymore like no, ever uh-uh. ever I was at my cousin's graduation party yesterday and my uncle actually made a, a reference to it because he recently retired and he's talking about what he's doing now that he's retired they're a little on the wealthy side um so he's doing like this crazy trip around the world on some boat he bought I don't know and so um one of my other cousins was like well you're supposed to just move to Florida <laughs> And he's right. He's like, it's either Del Boca Vista or <laughs> traveling around. The- and I just like die laughing. And he's like, you're the only one who got it. That's like, awesome. Don't you guys watch Seinfeld? Like, <laughs> anyways, sorry. Um, the title of the episode refers to Family Matters, a 1990s sitcom featuring Winslow, the Winslow family, and the nerdy Steve Urkel. According to an interview with director Guy Norman B., Mark Shepard requested that he not be listed in the opening credits to keep the Crowley's appearance as a surprise. The Crowley. That's pretty cool. You're right, because yeah. he wasn't in the opening credits. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, because when, when the slow clap happened and it pans over Crowley, I was like, oh, I didn't know he was in this. <laughs> um, Samuel says after his resurrection, he came to... Um, he came to in Elton Ridge. In the origin series of the Supernatural comics, Mary tells John Winchester she wants to get married in Elton Ridge. Oh, really? Hmm. The revelation that Sam has no soul was originally written as the end of the previous episode. Oh. So we were supposed to find out a week earlier. Huh. I wonder why they changed it. 
I think they probably thought it fit better here, I guess. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, with Veritas, that would have been cool, but maybe having the whole scene with Cass made it a little bit easier for Dean to cope with. You know, maybe they thought it would be easier instead of having Dean, Sam, and Veritas and finding out that he has no soul. Right. And having to fight this god and not really react to it at the end. Right. Now we get an entire episode to kind of soak it in. Yeah. I don't know. It's just probably a lot more pleasant for everybody involved, yeah, including audience, true. that it's Cass who tells them and not an evil god. And not god. an evil god. That's a very good point. So I am happy that oh, they no, changed I it, especially because of the belt scene in the beginning. Because <laughs> that shit was funny. Oh, Cass. <laughs> what, are you, what are we doing? <laughs> okay. Anything else? No, I'm good. <clears throat> if you guys aren't there already, please check out the website, thewaywardfans.com. You can find all of our podcasts there, um, some cool videos and other neat things like photos. Um, <laughs> Those are just so neat. <laughs> so cool, you guys. Oh, my God. Um, <clears throat> and you can comment on the episodes. You can do a contact us there, which just sends us an email. <clears throat> or you can just send us an email directly, waywardfans at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts, feelings, concerns. If we, you know, like Freya told us, we were spoiling stuff. Yes. I hope we did better. And <laughs> now we're only spoiling other shows. Other shows. <laughs> Sorry. As far as I know. So, yeah. Let us know what's up. We love hearing from you guys. Yes, we do. Also, follow us on Twitter at waywardfans underscore SPN. You will get updates of every single one of our episodes there, um, as, well, as well as cool things that I find around Twitter. Um same on Facebook, facebook.com slash waywardfans. Also updates on our episodes, and usually I just share whatever I found on Twitter there. <laughs> um, please rate us on iTunes if you listen to us there, because it helps get us seen. Yes. And that's a good thing. It's exciting. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, we like that. Yep. So thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> Troubles ever trouble you Now don't you run and hide Cause if you ever need a friend He'll be right there by your side So turn your eyes to heaven And just say a simple prayer Through the clouds of lace You'll see his face No matter when or where have you talked to the man upstairs? Cause he wants to hear from you.